The budget options dominate in Blank Game Week 29. Welcome back FPL Surgery listeners. On this episode we go through a couple of headlines. So our first headline is when to wildcard uh, for those lucky enough to still have the wildcard. And our second headline we discuss the best picks for the upcoming game weeks. Welcome back to episode 208 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We are recording on the evening of Monday the 22nd of March 2021 and thankfully blank game week 29 is over. The game week ended with a Harry Kane penalty but more importantly it started with Luke Aylin letting his hair down on Friday night. How how are you feeling about that Josh? Gutted mate, absolutely (laughs) gutted. That, That had the potential to be one of the best moments uh, of the season. And it was so funny. I was watching it on my phone. um, And obviously, you know, majority of people who play FPL were watching it on the TV. Um, So they were ahead of me on the feed. And um, (laughs) Tyler Roberts got the ball. And then I literally got tagged on Twitter by so many people. The surgery (laughs) Slack channel, I got tagged. My WhatsApp was going nuts. And then I just saw him pop a ball over to the back post. And there he was, Luke Aylin with a looping header. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, just sat still, chilled, you know, all cool. Mrs. is watching the TV. I'm just there with my phone, you know, all relaxed. No, let's wait until, let's wait until, you know, goes back and, and they kick off and it's confirmed 1-0. And then, lo and behold... Bloody Tyler Roberts was offside, wasn't he? <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I wasn't even sure. I wasn't even 100% sure if you were watching it because I was one of the people that WhatsApped you because yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't actually watching. I was hanging the washing up and my phone went with the goal alert and I saw it was Eileen. Um, and then obviously it got it got disallowed. Mate, he literally he did the celebration I wanted. Uh, it was like and it was ten minutes or something into the game. It was literally like textbook, the perfect start to the game week. And um the weight goes on. He's still Gosh. um he's still his uh was his his XGI for the season's over four now and he's still yet to return a goal or assist. So um I just don't. I just don't know how long I can keep hold of him, and to, you know, can I keep hold of him on wildcard? You know, with the, uh, with the, um, you know, attacking returns looming. You've obviously got him now, and with no wildcard, so. Yeah, that's the first. I got him on my wildcard, and that was the yeah. first time I'd. I got him for this game. It's the only time I've ever started him, and. I mean, maybe it's my fault, mate. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you saw as well. He, he he missed out on a really a really uh, easy assist as well. He. he um, uh, he, he headed one back post off of a off of a, a free kick, and Jack Harrison all he had to do is poke it into an empty goal. So he could have hauled big time, and um, like it was the most it was the most potential haul I've seen from him all season. But yeah, anyway, frustrating one. Hopefully he can do uh, something against Sheffield United if I even play him because it's a bit, bit of a benching headache at the moment. Yeah. Well, we're not naming the podcast Ailing, 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 um, and I guess we should probably move on from the, from that. Um, we should. Yeah, but um, this week's guest, he's a man I, I guess all the listeners know very well. Uh, he provides the stats and injury news every week on the podcast. He's a doctor and is known on Twitter as FPL Diagnosis. So please welcome to the podcast, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi guys, how are you? Yeah, no, really good, really good. It's it's nice hearing your voice, um, not on a recorded segment, because I feel like I've I've heard your voice so often, but this is the first time we've spoken. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels uh, pretty weird being on here. It feels like I've uh, won a competition or something. <laughs> Even though you're on the podcast every single week. I mean, basically, you started at the same time as me and Josh. You just, you just um, get less airtime than us, basically. But you've been here pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, how, how's your season going? That's mediocre. Uh, I was really hoping to have a good season. I've been spending, you know, time with these stats. Uh, I'm at 207k uh, in the OR right now, so no wild card left. Not much else. Well, you're much better ranked than I am, and you've got your wild card. So if, I don't know if that makes you feel any feel any better. Alan. Yeah, I didn't mean to pile on there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. I probably shouldn't just keep. I should, probably shouldn't keep mentioning it. Um, now, one thing, obviously. A lot of our listeners know you're a doctor and I haven't told you I was even going to ask this. So maybe I should have beforehand. But um, do you have any news on Son or any opinions on on the Son injury? I actually bent Son this game week. I was pretty uh, convinced he wasn't going to play. And um, all these comments about uh, about Son from Mourinho ahead of uh, this game week, he was talking about... You know, uh, if he can't play for us, he, he can't play for South Korea and all that. I, I really just think he, he wants a fit and fresh young men's son for, for the run and, and, and a chance of Champions League football. Um, I think Son is going to start next game week. Uh, so I've kept him on the bench. That's good. That's, that, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So I, so I, so I am glad. Um, I guess we should get straight into our to our game weeks, though. So we start start with you, Alan. Now, obviously, you had Bale and Son. I mean, how how was your game week? Uh, well, it was all right. Uh, felt a little less good about it after watching uh, everybody on Twitter with Lingard and uh, Trossard. I suppose <laughs> uh, I, I they they were not in uh, in my thinking at all. Actually, fifty seven minus four. Brought in uh, Gareth Bale, no show. Aubameyang, two-pointer. Lewis Dunk, the best Brighton de- defensive asset for a six-pointer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I agree. He is the, he is the best. Yeah, he is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He is. You've got to pay the money. You know, it always works out. <laughs> when, yeah. uh, when you know, people paying the money for, uh, you know, Diaz and Stones does well and Tarkowski and me and Loughton does well and now it's paying money for Duncan Veltman does well so it just seems to be the recurring theme at the moment you, isn't it you joked about it as well Josh we should have known that Veltman would be the one yeah yeah shout out to um shout out actually to my um uh, my best mate Rob Stack who has owned Stones, Loughton and Veltman um so your tweet that you put out Rich about him spilling his pot noodle there's 10p pot noodle on the floor <laughs> he is that man he is that cheapskate who buys all the dirt cheap defenders and gets away with it someone pointed out another one there was rob holding as well when a lot of people went for tierney and uh holding got an, uh, a very questionable assist um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then on free hit week as well tierney was injured and holding played and kept a clean sheet so it's, it seems to be a pattern for the season um, but no, yeah, same is, thing with Ragulion, uh got injured. Best yes. uh, spur defensive asset. But um, Josh, how how was your game week? It was really good. I was very happy. Um, so I got sixty transfer wise. I did uh, took out Loughton and finally took out Harvey Barnes. Um, and I brought in Dunk and uh, Jesse Lingard. And so yeah, really good moves. Profited me 18 points. Didn't take out anyone that I wanted to potentially keep. So, so, so essentially players that blanks that I kept. Uh, Salah, Bruno, 
Diaz, Cancelo, Gundogan, um, and uh, captain Harry Kane. So, yeah, happy with that. I had nine, nine, uh, nine players who played. So for 60 points, it, it, it worked out worked out pretty well. It could have been sweeter, obviously, if um, our boy Luke Hayling had uh, had his goal allowed. But we won't go in anymore about that. You did have a brief moment, though, didn't you? Uh, when it was me, you and the Iceman were talking and you you were considering selling Eiling. Uh, I was. I was. Yeah. Well, I just kind of was looking at it and... I wanted to give it to Harvey Barnes um, and I was looking at the budget midfielders for the week and it was really Lingard or Trossard and funny enough obviously both of them hauled um, but I was I was not really that excited about either of them so I was considering actually um, using both transfers to get rid of um, Ailing and uh, and Harvey Barnes and going for Rafinha and Dunk, which obviously would have meant that I would have been on eight players rather than nine. But I just liked Rafinha for game week 29 and obviously for the game week 30 fixture against Sheffield United. But then kind of just felt well, you know, what the, it's essentially Rafinha versus Ailing and either Lingard or Trossard, so two yeah. players versus one. It's unlikely. Um, he's gonna he's gonna obviously win that and and I went for Lingard more over Trossard more because I wanted to have the flexibility for future weeks. I'm not 100% sure what week I'm gonna wild card yet, and I felt like Trossard was very much a pick for that one week in 29. Um, so yeah, very happy with my my yeah. decision. Well, it's worked out well. And I mean, you're making me jealous, both of you, because I got half of both of your scores. I, I got 31 points. I, I didn't take a hit. I had 10 players playing. However, one of them was Son, so I ended up with just, just nine. My, my transfers were, so I removed De Bruyne and I removed Ricardo Pereira after, after a lot of thought because I had four midfielders already. I had Saka, Son, Lookman and Rafina. I couldn't really remove any of them because... You know, they had a game this week. So I removed Pereira after a lot of thought for Tierney. Um, another option I was considering was Regulon, who Alan just mentioned. And then the other one I considered was Dawson, who scored an own goal. So actually going for Tierney wasn't actually that bad in the end. He got the he got the one pointer instead of the points that Dawson got. Um, and then De Bruyne, it was just a case of who I was going to move De Bruyne to. And I decided to go for Aubameyang. And then I decided to captain Aubameyang as well. I mean, it was based on based on quite a lot of things. But I was scanning through recent statistics and Arsenal were only behind Man City over the last six games uh, for attacking numbers. Aubameyang had an XG of about 1.7 in the Europa League as well. So I thought he was worth the punt. Arsenal scored three goals and I got two points from Aubameyang doubled. Saka only got two. And Tierney got one. So, and also I think because I haven't got a wild card, I had to think a bit more long term. So that's why I didn't want to bring a Brighton player in. As good as I thought the fixtures was this week, and it turned out to be the case, I didn't want to bring a Brighton player in because I just felt it would end up being a minus four in the in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, disastrous game week, and it's undone all that all that work that Barley did for me last week. But if you'd like to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon. Or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Of course, Ron Frosk, Andy Portlock and Ross from FPL Merch. They're pledging at the highest tier, so they get an extra special mention each week. But thank you to all of our patrons. Now, normally, this is the point where we go to Alan, but we have Alan on the pod. So we're just going to go straight to the headlines. Okay, so our first headline 
is when to wild card. Now, I know both of you have your wild cards. So if we come to you first, Alan, um, when are you wild carding? Yeah, so I'm wild carding in uh, game week 31. The uh, squad's looking really good for game week 30. But then we've got that fixture shift and I really want to attack that, as we say. And are you considering any other option or that's the that's the clear time for you to, to activate the wild card? Yeah, well, I know there's talk of some sort of uh, fixture rearrangement and uh, games being in front of crowds. But um, where I'm at now, 200k, I just I can't wait. I feel like I need to, uh, to do something drastic and uh, bet on some differentials on a wild card. Of course, of course. Uh, do you have any other chips? Do you have like the free hit chip or anything to go alongside it? No, I'm afraid not. No, no, no. So no, so that, that makes. I mean, that makes perfect sense then. I mean, obviously, Josh, you've got your wild card as well. Are you thinking along the same lines as Alan? I'm not entirely sure at the moment, and that's why I went for, like I said, Lingard over Trossard um, in game week 29 because I just want to be flexible and essentially move forward with a good team and players that I want to keep and players that I'm happy to play. Um, and obviously Brighton's fixtures for the next three aren't particularly great. Um, so, I mean, I think definitely, definitely won't be wildcarding 30. I think 31's a great option. It's obviously definitely a huge fixture swing. So that's one I'm considering. 32 is one I'm considering as well. Um, and then I think after that, it would be delaying it to, to like that 35 um, week uh, that we potentially might see a double uh, occurring if, if if what happens, what what rumor you know the rumor is is true and essentially you know we get fans back in the stadium and it changes the schedule and um, and, and we have a double game week. Um, I think it's it, for me thirty and thirty one fixture wise for my team look alright at the moment. It's thirty two when I get to thirty two when things start to look not particularly great um and that's when i'll probably struggle to muscle my way through that week um and um you know and and and, and keep the wild card so um i think that the the things that will obviously affect our thinking it's very interesting now we've got a two week obviously international break and i'd like to think that there's some rescheduling that goes on during this two week break um by the premier league because um, there's no reason why there shouldn't be. So obviously we've got some some doubles that can get confirmed. We've obviously got the um, the Villa Everton game, which needs to be needs to be get booked in. Um, Spurs v Southampton as well, and now obviously Spurs are out of Europe, so that makes that easier. So that's obviously going to affect our thinking. And I, you know, I think there's there's potential that it could go into any number of those upcoming game weeks. And then there's obviously the um, the the case if something big happens with game week 35 i think it's the is the week that um is is the rumor um if uh, fans do indeed come back into stadiums i think you both holding your wild cards become more powerful because i mean part i did this whole complicated wild card to navigate game weeks and like you just mentioned josh that everton villa game didn't get rearranged as was expected so obviously i've got a couple of villa players sat there i've got a couple of everton players sat there and I don't know how long I'm, how long I'm waiting for. Um, but Alan, if we if we come to you, we've got a question on Twitter from Poster Points. Um, Poster Points is asking which three teams are the best options when using the wild card in 31 to the week you're wild carding. What teams are worth doubling or trebling up on? So, do you have t- certain teams you're 
probably going to be targeting with that wild card? Yeah, first and foremost, I think uh, Chelsea defence, um, the numbers are just insane, uh, even if it's not sustainable. Uh, the, their XG is just insane. I haven't seen anything in a long while like that. So uh, double up, uh, I would even consider a triple up in defence for Chelsea. Um, it's been talked about a number of times, but you know we can't really know uh, who's going to play in attack for them. So I think, um, yeah, you can load up on defenders, uh, Chelsea defenders. And I'm also um, looking at possibly uh, getting Trent back on uh, on the wild card. Uh, Liverpool's fixtures look uh, pretty, pretty good. And he's, uh, his numbers are improving. And uh, if you can grab hold of some enablers like Jota or Salah, for example, mm-hmm. he's pretty easily affordable. You're making me quite jealous here because I, I like the Chelsea defenders and and Trent. I didn't have a great experience towards the end with them, but I mean, brilliant players. Um, what what about Bruno? Would you consider keeping him on your wild card? Yeah, the thing is, uh, why I feel like I can't wait is I've um, I've sold Bruno, I've sold Salah, I've sold a bunch of players, uh, just trying to make some short term gains ahead of my wild card. So I'm kind of locked in. On a strategy of um, of getting those guys back, and I think Bruno is eighty percent certainty to, to to come back into my team. I didn't have a lot of value in him. I got him in late, uh, so uh, I wasn't too bothered about selling him. But um, yeah, I'm probably gonna bring him back in. I think he's one of those annoying players because of his ownership. It was almost, it got to the point where if you didn't, well, well if you didn't captain him, you know, his, his points didn't help you at all. So <laughs> he's one of those annoying ones. Yeah, he's not set in stone. I could definitely see myself uh, dropping him uh, if um, if their Champions League spot looks to be more and more secure. And right now, I think it's only the fourth place in the league that is really up for grabs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if it looks to be. Uh, more of a certainty that they're gonna, you know, try and win the Europa League. I think, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not untouchable. Absolutely not. Nice. Um, uh, what do you think, Josh? Are there any you'd be? I mean, I mean, I know you're not set when you're going to be wild carding, but let's let's pretend you do wild card for 31 with that fixture swing. Um, what kind of teams would you look at doubling or trebling on? Yeah, I think um, unfortunately it's it's. It's most of them are, the, are obviously teams in Europe, and obviously they're the best teams in the league, so that's why we're looking at them. But uh, Arsenal have got some decent fixtures coming up. Um, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, and then Wolves. Really, they'd probably be the the, the four, and then from thirty-two, Leicester. Um, so who obviously aren't in Europe and obviously Wolves aren't in Europe. So they'd be the, they'd be the teams really. It's, it's difficult though, which ones you go for. And the only, the only issue with 31 that, that I'm a little bit concerned about is that it's the game week in between the first and second legs for both the Champions League and the Europa League. It's a game, it's a game week that could see a lot of rotation, um, so, yes, you could wild card into a week where you've got a really strong bench and it covers the likes of, you know, um, multiple multiple players that you've got, you know, within those ties, not 
uh, not playing at all um, in game week 31. But equally, is it the right week to be to be you know to be you know maximising that wild card, or is it better to hold off for another week? Um, it, yeah, I guess it's just worth to just see sort of closer to the time and also see you know, how teams do in their first legs if they do manage to get comfortable victories and take three, four nil, uh, you know, advantages into the second leg, really. I think that's going to obviously be part of it. Yeah, Le- Leicester are an interesting one. I know, I know you mentioned from, from game week 32, because they were one, when I wildcarded in, in 26, they were one that I targeted. And I think outside of um, obviously the Sheffield United game, they were very, very disappointed. Disappointed. I mean, Ricardo Pereira was a popular one, and he was also a popular one for getting just one pointers. Um, and then Vardy, I mean, he only redeemed himself in game week 28 when they won 5 0 against Sheffield United, but he still, still, still couldn't score. We'll move on. So we've got a question for CG, from CG. Um, should we wait on the new big double game week to wildcard, assuming one team is looking good? So, I mean, Alan, I mean, obviously you, you're going to wildcard now, but do you think there's merit in, in waiting um, for the wildcard, waiting to see if, you know, when these doubles are announced? Do you think yeah. it's be too late? No, it depends on uh, where you're at, uh, how your team is looking. If you think you can... Uh, manage with uh, the game to games coming up and you've got a good squad yeah of course you can wait especially if uh, if you for some reason still have your bench boost um that would be the main reason for me i think if you if you can use that bench boost late because um then you can really make a huge impact but you've got to remember there's only going to be like three game weeks left if you wildcard in 35 so mm-hmm. And I, I, I suppose a lot of people will be able to get 10, 11 double game weekers anyway. So it's going to be, I'm not sure if the gains will be that big. No, there, there is a big danger to leaving it too late and you only, you only get very like minimal impact from it. Um, I mean, what, what do you think, Josh? I mean, obviously you're thinking of actually waiting a little bit. It's more, um, it's not necessarily wild card in game week 35. It's just waiting for the info. So we could get the info and I choose to wildcard game week 32 um, or 33 um, because we've got the info there and then I can get my team ready for that double game week 35, but also, you know, still maximise game week 33 and 34, for example. So it's just about when you've got it. I mean, you're obviously going to get it way ahead of 35, especially if they're looking to bring fans back. Uh, They need to a fair amount of notice and that's why I'm hopeful that we might get a bit more during this international break you know um yes the players are away but the clubs are still there um you know and in the various sort of fixture administrators that they need to contact are there so I don't see why you know we can't kind of you know they can't provisionally get this stuff all sorted now essentially providing that everything goes according to plan with the government and um, vaccines and whatnot um, and everything's on on the same track as it has been recently really so just waiting for the info recently uh, um, really and that's that's kind of where what I'm leaning to um, as opposed to actually waiting as long as 35 because I, I agree I agree with Alan you know you don't want you don't want to wait until you're sort of four four three four game weeks away from the end of the season because it's it really starts to lose its strength the wild card. 
It does. I mean, an interesting spin on this would be for people like myself who've got Spurs assets, got Everton assets, um, you know, and Villa assets as well. Now, we're quite lucky um, that they've all got good, good games this week, so we can hold through this week. But what is going to be interesting is what we do with those, you know, with those um, Everton assets, Spurs assets um, and Villa assets, you know, ongoing. Um, so, I mean, what would you do if you were in a position like me, um, which a lot of people might be in, where you've got these Everton players and you're not really sure what to do with them? Because I'm going to hold through this week, but at some point it's going to start blocking other moves I w- might want to do, like bringing in Chelsea assets, bringing in Wolves assets, further Leicester, Leicester assets. Alan, if you put yourself in my shoes or people in a similar position, um, what would you be doing with players like that? Everton players... Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Spurs players, I think you can keep. Um, I mean, Harry Kane, Youngman Son, they're like, they're proven elite players that can deliver in pretty much any fixture. And uh, uh, back in autumn, we used to say that they were better with difficult fixtures because they could play on the break. So uh, I, I don't see, they just have to go back to all performing like crazy and they show them they can do that. So I, I think those you can keep. Everton, uh, I think they've dropped off significantly in the stats lately, and uh, yeah, I'd be a bit more wary with uh, with Everton. I'm not even sure they're going to have a good uh, double game week anymore. That uh, game double game week that was called off was uh, excellent and well worth keeping the hold of them. I'm not sure I would I would want to do that for a longer period. No, it's, it's just annoying because it's going to be. If I transfer them out, then I might want to transfer them back in for the double. And I mean, transfers without a wild card, they're just so precious. So it does make it difficult. I mean, so when you wild card, are you saying you probably won't have any Everton assets, for example? Uh, no, none of my drafts have any Everton players in them. No, fair enough, fair enough. And what, what about you, Josh? Would you have any Everton players in yours? 100% if they were wild, if they were. Uh... Uh, if they had a double game week, yeah, for they, sure. They will have a double game week. We yeah, just don't know when that's it is. what I mean. But if yeah. you know, if if the if we don't know when it's going to happen, and obviously it's taking a little bit longer than we expected. But if I was wildcarding game week thirty-one, and obviously the the the, the info was out ahead of wildcarding, then yeah, definitely. And 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 I'm sure that would probably sway Alan. Um, oh yeah, of course. It just seems like uh, a while back they tried to just fit in every uh, double game week as soon as they could and then they just stopped and then it just yeah. feels like they're they're trying to wait and see if they can just chuck them in at the end and there's going to be some crowds and it's going to be i'm surprised about it really because you think with this international break coming up it's probably the last hurdle they've got to get over to get this season sorted right because you know everyone's traveling now you know again for another international break and there could be covid issues which we've not really seen since uh, since just after christmas so you would have thought they'd want to try and you know box off all the fixtures they could prior to this last hurdle um but they haven't chosen to do that so yeah it's interesting like i said i'm very much hoping over the next two weeks we get we get some info on it um, because yeah, whatever whatever Everton's double game week is, I'll, I will definitely be investing. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Everton fan when it comes to FPL. I always I know Coleman. I really 
<laughs> no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I, I really like I really like their assets. You know, I love I love Dina, big fan. Um, I love Richarlison. I love DCL. I think they're the three the three stand out. Um, and and equally with Villa, you know, with Villa, I think that Grealish is always going to be attractive. I think Watkins is attractive when Grealish is back. Um, obviously, Emmy Martinez. You know, don't need to say how great he's been as an asset this season. So, you know, I think that they're going to be attractive um, and the chances are whatever week it gets confirmed in, you would have thought at least one of Villa or Everton will have a good fixture that goes with it and making it an attractive double. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for a double game week. And the same with Spurs, Spurs and Southampton. I don't really like any Southampton assets at the moment, but, you know, you're going to want to own Kane and Son and then you're going to go, OK, is Nathan there an option? Yeah. Is there yeah. an option for a third one? You know, and who is that best third asset for Tottenham at the moment? Because right now it's not looking like Bale anymore. So, you know, um, who, who is it? And um, now they're out of Europe. Uh, there's going to be a lot less, uh, uh, a lot less rotation. So you probably could go if he's fit for Regulon and not worry so much. Um, you know, so it's it's yeah. There, uh, I think that it's very much going to change the landscape if we get some info on those over the next coming weeks. You mentioned Luca Dean, and obviously he's a player that's in my team. And mm. an interesting thing with him is he's only scored four goals for Everton, and half of those goals, so two of those goals, were Boxing Day against Burnley yeah. when a lot of people benched him. About I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that day. I didn't so eventually ruin my boxing day. But it's just it's just interesting that he's only scored those four goals. He's not scored since that season. He didn't score last season. He's not scored this season. I, I think some, there's something with that guy where I think we remember him better than he is. Mm. And you mentioned you like that day, Josh. I do. Uh, you know, he's he, he's known for his assists, right? So eight assists this season, eight assists last season, five assists the season before, right? I mean, someone like, Andy Robertson is not really known for his goals, is he? But he gets a decent number of assists. Um, and I don't I don't think, for me, Dina is not really about... But he's goals. not cheap. He's 6.2 million. He's not like a player like maybe Michael Keane, where you can pop him on the bench and wait for the double game week. You know, you want to be starting him every week if, you, yeah. if you've got him in your team. Yeah, I think I, I would actually go with someone like uh, a cheaper option. Uh, Holgate. Yeah, yeah, and just have him on my bench. Mm. And, you know, uh, by the logic of this season, he's going to score 15 points or something. I, I have to say, Rich. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. And Dean I will get to say, though, Rich, I think, I think your defence is really exciting at the moment. You say you this know? every week. You say this every week. Do <laughs> so um, well, Yeah, when I had Trent, I had the triple Chelsea. It's all, all gone wrong. Oh, I, was gone. Never a fan. I was never a fan of the triple Chelsea. I mean, I love <laughs> I love Trent, but I was never a fan of the triple Chelsea. Double Chelsea was the way to go. Um, but, yeah, look. <laughs> Looking at your looking at your defence, I mean, you know, you've got you've got Tierney, Tierney, Cancelo, Dina, Concert, Ailing, right? Tierney, Tierney, Cancelo, Dina, week after week is a very very attacking, exciting defence to go for. Um, and then you've got great backup in Concert and Ailing. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that's a that's a that's a really good really good defence to to stick with. And obviously, Arsenal got some good upcoming fixtures. Um, Everton are awaiting their double. Same with Conta and and, um, and 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 Villa. Cancelo's probably the best defender on in, in the game on his day. Um, and Luke Ayling is is the most underperforming defender in the whole league. So yeah, but this is why I wildcarded to that to 
that defence. And obviously it just it's given me a string of two and two and one pointers. But and also it probably moves us into our next headline because I am considering adding a Chelsea defender. Um, obviously Alan mentioned on wildcard looking at Chelsea defenders. So our second headline is best picks for the upcoming game weeks. So should, should we come to you first, Alan? Now we've obviously mentioned the teams we're looking at targeting, but do you have any specific players that? I mean, for example, let's go to the Chelsea defenders. Which Chelsea defender would you go for? I think if you need him to start every game week, it's probably pretty obviously Espelicueta. And um, if you if you don't need him to start, I think you could uh, hope that um, Tuchel keeps up this. What seems like a pattern of starting uh, Alonso in easier games where he, he expects the opposition to sit back a bit more. Didn't do it, of course, against uh, Sheffield United this weekend, but seems to have done it pretty regularly uh, uh, so far. So, Yeah, and it, it could be an interesting one to look at, obviously, who's in, who's in the national team squads, who's going to be playing a lot. You know, during the international break. Um, yeah, because Alonso isn't going to get called up, is he? He's not an international footballer anymore. No, and I don't think Asper is. No, no he's I not. don't think uh, No, I don't think where, so. Whereas Rudiger is. Um, yeah. I only know that because I think he's a regular for Germany. He didn't play when they lost like 6-0 to Spain or it was some ridiculous result. Um, but yeah, he's pretty nailed on, nailed on for Germany. So maybe... Because it's quite a big international break as well, because they're World Cup qualifiers. Um, a lot of teams have three games, so it's, it's not even a, a small international break. It's amazing, really. So Azpilicueta and Alonso aren't, but Diego Lorente from Leeds is in the uh, is in the squad, who uh, always looks like a headless chicken when I watch him play. He's uh, he's all over the place. He's in the squad. Yeah. Um, I think Chelsea defenders. It's a bit of a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really, it's 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 the attraction of going for a, a more exciting Alonso or you know Reese James or whatever, um, or going for the dull pick of of Azpilicueta or Rudiger mm. and getting more starts. Really, the only thing I would say about us, and I don't know why he's done this, and he's no, I've not really seen any um, comments from Tuchel about it, is. Seems to have moved from three at the back with wing backs to four at the back recently, only in the last couple of games. And that wouldn't fill me with confidence. Now, obviously, yes, we're keeping clean sheets for fun. um, But I do feel that, you know, whenever other teams have done that this season, like West Ham did it um, after Masuaku got injured, Mm. it, it normally makes them a little bit less solid. Um, and a little bit more prone to conceding goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that doesn't, you know, fill me with a great deal of confidence. Uh, it, really. it almost doesn't matter if you're, if you're form or if you're fixtures, you're going to want a Chelsea defender. Because if you're yeah, on the, form, uh, you've obviously kept loads of clean sheets. And if you're a fixtures person, you've got West Brom and Palace as, as your next two. The next three are great. The next yeah. Three, you know, let's let like the next three are fantastic. Game week thirty um, to thirty-two uh, are brilliant. So we have West Brom at home, Palace away, Brian at home, brilliant. But no one that I know of is wild card in game week thirty. Um, and then your 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 uh, one game out of those three into it um, for Palace away, Brian at home, and obviously. Palace are one of those teams that are quite unpredictable. Wilfred Zaha, you know, can can score against anyone. And 
Brighton are obviously looking, you know, decent recently, and um, and and also are, you know, trying to stay up and survive. So, um, you know, I think that yes, we we are still looking great defensively, but I do think that it would it would make me feel more confident if we were still playing three centre backs and two wing backs. Personally, mm. um, I, I I think really um, that Mendy is a fantastic pick on wild card. Um, and he's, you know, I think he was, he didn't play in the FA Cup because he, he was going for some dentist surgery, which is a, a, an odd one that you don't hear very often. Um, but, uh, so Kepa played, um, but that's, um, you know, he's just solid. Don't need to worry about the rotation. Don't need to worry about the team we play in the Champions League. Um, you know, he, he's not going to get any save points. That's the only negative thing about him. He's not, his ceiling seems to be pretty low. I mean, he's he's well on bonus recently, though. Um, Yeah, he got, I mean, he got, you know, nil-nil with Man United, um, game week 26. Tougher game, though, isn't it? He got four save points and he got three bonus. And then he got, sorry, four, I say four save points, sorry, uh, one save point, four saves, and he got three bonus. And then we drew nil-nil with Leeds. And he got four saves again, one save point, and he got two bonus. So it shows that he only really needs, you know, um, a uh, you know one save point to be in, in in with the chance, which is a bit of a Pope sort of style, really, or even Emmy Martinez this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a great option. It's, yeah, it's a down on him that he just doesn't have a double, because obviously you, you mentioned Martinez. He's He's got a double, for example, so you yeah. get an extra game out of it. But what what about the attackers? Um, if, yeah. if we come to you first, Alan. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be loads rotation. I mean, uh, Chelsea's beautiful fixtures. We've got West Brom at home, but then you got Porto away. Then you got Crystal Palace away, but then you got the return game against Porto, and then you've got uh, the Brighton game uh, or whatever. And it's just all—it's just too many important games for Chelsea, uh, interspersed with all these beautiful fixtures short term for me to trust uh, anyone really. It seems uh, pretty risky. So you'll just be purely, purely on those defenders and just ignore the attack. I would love to say I'm going to have Havertz on my uh, wild card, but there's just so many options in midfield. Um, I'm not so sure I'm going to have him in there. Yeah, no, fair enough. There are, there are, like you say, there are a lot of <laughs> midfield options at the moment. Um, I mean, Josh, what do you, what do you reckon, Chelsea Ooh. attackers? I wouldn't personally bother at the moment. Uh, yep. I think Alan's obviously right. You know, you've got you've got some great options, um, great budget options. Obviously, premiums that you you want to include the likes of Bruno and um, KDB, um, Salah potentially, even though he's been in horrific form recently. Um, but I think if you the what, one main thing to consider: ten ten games we've had in the league now under Tuchel, and we've only scored eleven goals. So yeah. 11 goals in 10 games is shocking. And I, I don't personally want to be targeting attackers for a team that aren't really scoring a great deal of goals. Um, and also a team that is probably the most rotated team in the league. Uh, a team as much as City, if not more. Um, a team that is still in the Champions League. Um, obviously still in the FA Cup as well. 
So for me, it's it's a no go at the moment, and I don't really think I think it would be a bit like a bit of a a bit of a sort of dartboard, you know, throw throw your dart at, at one of the attackers and hope that it's the it's the right one. It could be any of them. It could be Mount Havertz, Pulisic, could be Werner, you know. Yeah, that's really no that's idea. With them, that yeah, I I, with I would personally focus on the defence. I think the defence are very very much worthy of a. A double up or a triple up, um, even with the move to four at the back, which I'm not massive. I thought, I thought you wouldn't do a triple up, Josh. I, I, I do. I do, <laughs> I do a triple up in the. Just I think under, just under Frank. Yeah. Yeah. I double think, up with Lampard, uh, triple up with. <laughs> I think the thing you need to always consider with a triple up is: Are you going to be happy if you triple up and you basically will be cutting yourself off from? attacking players of that team until you know for for the rest of the season because it's going to cost you two transfers. I mean it was partly why I did it early in the season. I was happy with the Chelsea triple up in defense because it stopped me gambling on their attackers. Yeah, I mean none um, of them none of them have done anything really of note as a no. attacker. Do you know no. what from what you've just said Josh it just makes me think maybe Rudiger is the one because if you're if you've only scored 11 goals in however many games you said it just makes me ten. think 11 and 10 in, Yes, it just makes me think, is someone is risking it with someone like Alonso, who, who I think is going to be a popular option this week, you know, ahead of the wild card. Is it worth it if you're looking more long term, not just going for the the guy who's, what, 4.6 million mm. in Rudiger, who we know is going to play? I mean, obviously, players like Reese James and Azbilicueta, they're, they're bonus magnets. You know, they, they mop up the bonus points. But Rudiger, maybe he's just a gift and... He's the, he's the one that you know that we should embrace. Now another team I wanted to discuss. I was going to mention it earlier was was Leicester. Now obviously I've got Vardy in a Nacho has had ridiculous. I mean he scored two didn't he yesterday in the cup against Man United. Do you think there's much um, viability in maybe doubling up in the on the Leicester attack? Maybe even tripling up, Alan. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, think, uh, <laughs> Am I, think, I getting carried uh, away there? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I think uh, Vardy's looking like you know uh, because um, Leicester have some some of these game weeks coming up. Uh, Leicester are going to be facing Newcastle and, Chef- and stuff like that, and you're going to want to have to you're going to want to captain maybe uh, a Leicester player in game week 32, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to ask yourself if you're comfortable captaining Ian Acho or if you want to captain Jamie Vardy who you know is a is a proven goal scorer even if he's having a mediocre season right now so yeah I would definitely hold on to Jamie Vardy I would probably I will take a punt on Ian Acho um, Harvey Barnes is coming back and um, Madison of course is also coming back um, soon I think uh, I mean, Barnes has a, it sounds like a, a meniscus tear and he's had surgery for that. So that's about in a six to eight weeks of recovery before returning to play. So that should be around gaming 31, 32, just when their their fixtures are turning. So uh, Harvey Barnes could be back just in time for Yanacho uh, to become irrelevant. But you've got to hope with the way he's been playing right now, you've got to think... Rodgers has to be able to fit in all those players in the same team, maybe moving Barnes to the wing or something like that. Uh, I'm I'm mainly hoping here because, yeah, I I would um, definitely consider 
uh, Ianacho, I would consider Bardi. I think both of them are in my current draft, even if I think maybe you can wait on one of them to till game week 32. Um, I would probably go Madison over James Barnes, uh, uh, over Harvey Barnes, I'm sorry, because I just don't know what will happen to Harvey Barnes. If he's going to have a few games to get back into fitness, if he's going to be moved out to the flank, he's been playing a lot more centrally when he got all those returns. So, yeah, uh, uh, Madison and uh, Iannaccio and uh, Vardy, I would definitely consider. Yeah, no, they're big ones to target. And it's funny because I've done, um, so I, I sorted all the statistics over the last six matches, not six game weeks, because obviously that would skew it due to doubles and blanks. And actually, over the last six matches, Iannaccio is top for big chances with eight. And second is Vardy with six. And then when, when I sorted by um, shots inside the box, again, Inanacho and Vardy are right up there with 13. Um, only only Kane has more with 14. So both of them putting up ridiculous numbers. And obviously, like Alan mentions, with Madison and Barnes to return as well, um, you know, th- things you can get, only get better. When you get a 5 0 <laughs> win, though, like they did against Sheffield United, sometimes it does skew things a little bit. Well, do you know what? It's funny because actually, big chance missed. Uh, Vardy's right up there as well. Vardy's missed five big chances. He missed a massive chance in the cup as well against United. And yeah, obviously, he, saw did, it. he didn't score either, did he? Because that was the week I had him captain. I mean, he got three assists, but he mm-hmm. missed a couple of huge chances. But I think a couple of them have been quite unlucky. Obviously, he returned from injury as well, didn't he? So I'm pretty confident I'm going to go for a Vardy in a Nacho Kane front line. Mm. Yeah, same as me. Yeah, I don't think it gets much better than that. (laughs) No, what I think, uh, it's easy to think that Nacho gets in the way of Vardy. That's why Vardy isn't performing. I think that's incorrect. Uh, The way I see it, uh, Nacho creates... uh, Pretty uh, nice spaces and pockets for uh, Vardy to run into. And I think they could uh, keep this partnership up. Ship up. Uh, I think, uh, why not for the long term? It's going very well for them. I don't think Rodgers will want to uh, change uh, what's not broken. No, and, and I believe, at last check anyway, Leicester were top for you know most penalties as well. So you've also got that with Vardy, that if he can't score from open play... Um, I mean, he hasn't scored all of his penalties, but he's going to score most, hopefully. Um, Ricardo Pereira, though, I wouldn't touch him with a barge pole after my experience with him. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Josh? I'm going to sit on the other side of the argument and say I don't like it. Um, what, Leicester or going heavy on Leicester? Heavy on Leicester. I think Leicester, obviously, have been a great team this season. They've, they've um, you know, definitely done better than we expected them to what I don't like about it is their normal setup is obviously Vardy up front on his own and you know you're looking then at probably two wingers two holding midfielders and um and Madison in sort of like a 10 role and obviously now Ian Acho and his form has upset that now they can't drop Ian Acho on his current form um but where we you know how does it look what happens who fits where I don't know and I don't know I don't really like that too much in the sense that you know will they will they have to move Ianacho out um to to accommodate Barnes when he's back and I don't know it doesn't it doesn't feel particularly great the other thing is what I don't like about it is um 
they are not what I would call a reliable team. And I know you can obviously argue that the likes of Liverpool haven't been reliable this team and the only uh, this season and the only real team that has been is City. But I just, you know, if ever I double up on a team from an attacking perspective, it's either down to a double game week situation or a team that are, you know, heavily reliable. I've got standout picks like Kane and Son. And for me, I just don't, I just don't feel it with with Vardy and Inacio. I go, I go one or the other. Like you, you're you're sat there with Vardy, and and yeah, I think he's got some great fixtures come up coming up. Obviously, Leicester have. I would stick with him and and hope that he outperforms Inacio. Penalties, he's more nailed. But equally, if I didn't have either, I'd go Inacio because of the value but be very prepared that he could get dropped when everyone's fully fit and he he, he regresses a little bit in form. This all comes back to like the Veltman, Loughton, Stones thing, doesn't it? Where if I go, obviously I've got Vardy and I think there's part of me that's a bit scared that if I stick with Vardy and everyone else goes for Inanacho, like yourself, Josh, um, that Inanacho will start continue to outscore Vardy. Well, um, it's looking like that at the moment because it wasn't just... The Sheffield United game. It was even the game against United at the weekend. Yeah, that's Cup. that's that's my worry. And I'm, obviously it's not. Is, um, it's not, it's not Vardy's the Kane, and he the Sun, uh, yeah. in, in a funny kind of way. He's turning the provider. But um, I think the other thing I'd say about it is is when I wildcard, I think my my current plan will be to go three five two, um, purely because the amount of amazing um, uh, midfield you know uh, assets there are that I'd want to fit into my team so if I'm going 3-5-2 and we're saying that Kane's in lock because of you know they're out of Europe he obviously is going to go be going for the golden boot they've got a double game week to be confirmed what what reason is there not to go for Kane it means that you know I've really only got one other playing striker so I'd want to go Kane one striker and probably Brewster as my third strike, a uh, third sub oh. to basically get loads of loads of uh, money into my team and have probably two playing defenders and Brewster as my as my bench. Um, and for that reason, I'd only have one other pick. Now, Kane and Ianacho, definitely Kane and Vardy. Then that probably means I'm going to really struggle to get the likes of Bruno, Salah, KDB. Etc. So I probably would say for wild carders it would be Kane, Ianacho, and and like a Brewster if they're going three five two. If they're going three four three, it's another conversation, obviously. You mentioned you mentioned Salah, and that moves us nicely onto a question we got on our Slack channel from Xavier. Um, Xavier's asked Jota or Salah for the rest of the season or both. So if we come to you first, Alan, um, what do you reckon? Yeah, it just comes down to where you want to put your money, I guess. If if you want that double up of uh, Kane Vardy, I think you got to go for you got to go for Jota. Um, I mean, uh, Liverpool have got some excellent fixtures coming up, so I think you'd you'd want at least one of them. And uh, it seems like an excellent time to to maybe gamble on two because uh, I mean, uh, Salah's effective ownership can't be uh, much right now it must be like a, a career low for him or something i think mm. it's down to 25 percent, 20 percent or something like that so in his world he's becoming quite a differential now so i think yeah <clears throat> you could go for a double up considering the fixtures uh, they are underperforming like crazy i mean 
not to go into detail, but it, it, it's it's almost impossible to 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 see that continue. I think I almost refuse to believe it. It, that will, it will continue and, you know, fixtures beget form. So I think, um, yeah, one of them uh, definitely going forward. In my case, um, I think I'm going to go for Jota mainly because uh, uh, Firmino has had such a bad season. Uh, it's talked about a bit, but maybe not enough how, you know, un- uninfluential he's been this year. So I think... They're going to need Jota more than ever uh, in the run-up if they are going to have any hope of a Champions League spot. Nice. Um, and what, what do you think, Josh, if you had to, you had to pick one? Definitely Jota. I think um, there's some really good examples of, of, of players uh, who are almost a cheaper version of the premium um, at, at, at teams this season. So prime example being, you know, uh, you go rather than going Salah, you pay less for, for Yotta rather than going KDB, you play less for Gundogan, rather than going Vardy, you play less for Ian Nacho. So there's there's lots of options like that. And I think that's where there's some really great savings that can be made this season. Um and yeah, why not why not take advantage of all of them? Um we've got a question on Twitter from Michael Lund. And now he's asking if Jay Ling's is essential. He's cheap, he's returning and West Ham have something to play for. How do you see his role in 30 to 38? Um, so is he one, Alan, you would be looking at, you know, once, once you hit that wildcard button? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I have to. Um, <laughs> I've been, so <laughs> been probably so wrong about uh, Lingard. Um, uh, just so many preconceptions about him and I've had trouble dropping them. <laughs> um, I mean, it, the goals he scored, they're, they're like... They're not high quality chances, and mm-hmm. uh, it, of course, it's not going to be uh, sustainable that he, he scores with the type of goal he scored this game week. So um, I'll, I'll I'll probably get him later. I think their fixtures are so so the next couple three or four games, and I'll I'll consider him for the, the final four game weeks maybe and lose a lot of value probably and end up dropping in rank because everybody will be captaining him. But uh, yeah, I'll probably get him sometime. Um, yeah, I like him better than uh, Neto, for example. Um, uh, even though the Wolves fixtures are excellent, I just don't see them scoring uh, more than one goal a game. No, it's weird, isn't it? Because his XG, like you mentioned about high quality chances, was 0.12. Um, this this game week, so I mean, not not the best. I mean, Josh, you obviously got Lingard in this week. Um, how long's that going to last with him being in your team? Definitely until wild card, and that was the plan. Um, their fixtures aren't fantastic at the moment, but they're they're decent enough. So obviously, you've got Wolves, Leicester, Newcastle um, as the next street as the next three. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a stats man and that's kind of why I went for him his stats are, are brilliant and yes he is overperforming obviously at the moment and like um, Alan said a lot of his his goals have been low xg chances but it shows he's a player in comfort you know um, who's confident at the moment he's on form and yeah I mean his you know his, his goal attempts since he's um, so since he's been in the in the team at West Ham since he signed 
So he, which was game week 22. So he's played, uh, he's played now seven games for them. So eight game weeks. Uh, so he missed game week 28 because obviously he was ineligible against United. Um, they didn't have a game, a double game week 26. So essentially he's missing two games that a lot of other teams would have. And he's, he's actually really, really high in terms of goal attempts, in terms of all midfielders, he's third. Uh, which is which is um, pretty pretty impressive, um, and you know even shots in the box he's fairly high. Shots on target he's actually top, joint with Kane um, in, in in terms of all players actually. Um, so so that's that's pretty uh, pretty exciting. Um, I just yeah he's just he's just in form, and I think one thing I've tried to do with FPL this season is 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 get a bit less emotionally. Um, uh, caught up with it and you know and you know obviously all of us are big into our football but not not kind of look at it and go Jesse Lingard I'm getting Jesse Lingard in my team well because, cut semi-finalist Josh <laughs> because of his um, history and and you know all the all the sort of jokes that have been in the social media and in God knows what you know for a while now and and just not really getting attached to stuff like that and just literally looking at it and going right what what am I seeing and I'm seeing great stats somebody really passes the eye test somebody's very confident someone who's got a point to prove wants to be in the England 20 uh, 20 euro 2020 or euro 2021 squad whatever they want to call it um so yeah I think there's there's no reason not to really and West Ham are great this season they can beat anyone I mean they gave City a great game um they obviously gave Arsenal a great game uh, the weekend so they can beat anyone really I think he's a, a really really good pick at the moment and he's on some set pieces and, and he would be on penalties if he'd have um scored scored that one against I mean, uh Leeds I mean he, he did score the rebound at least um there's yeah. also there's also with um I just wanted to mention another guy the uh, Lookman because I think we were talking about him before we even started recording Josh but he had the joint most shots this week with four also, the joint most chances created with five. Um, yeah. So, I mean, do you prefer someone like Lingard over, over Lookman? Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> I've got Lookman in my team, but the reason well, behind that was because he had a double game at 26. He played in 29. He had a good fixture in 29 with Leeds, um, and he was cheap. And his stats are fantastic on both sides he's chances created you know good he's 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 um he's, he's on a lot of set pieces corners and free kicks um and equally he's getting a lot of shots in you know he's, he's quick so he's, he's he's you know hitting teams on the break he's he's sometimes the furthest man forward he's got a lot going for him the one thing he's not got going for him is he's cannot finish at all and <laughs> He, he just looks to me a lot of the time when he's playing like he's almost trying too hard. And, um, you know, he's obviously, I think he's, I think he's only on loan from um, from Leipzig. So he's obviously, you know, wanting a big move in the summer. Um, I just, yeah, he's just, he, he, I think he just needs a goal. And, and he probably, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the floodgates would open, but he'd definitely probably get a, a few more before the end of the season. Fulham are, are typically though like quite a blunt team, um, whereas as we saw yesterday, I mean West Ham put 
two past uh, Arsenal within within 20 minutes. You know, they're, they're scoring a lot more goals. So for me, I'd always go for, for the player who plays for the better team, the team who scores more goals and therefore... You know, there's the the odds are stacked for them to to get more returns because their team essentially scores more goals. It's pretty simple yeah. theory, really. I think um, I, there's just one more team I want to discuss because we are running out of time on this segment. Um, I think that's the team that West Ham are playing, so that's that's Arsenal. Now, obviously, Arsenal looked horrific for the first 35 minutes, but then the rest of the game. As someone with with triple Arsenal, you know, I was you know on the edge of my seat in the in the second half. So, Alan, are there any um, players from Arsenal that you'll be looking at to target on on your wild card or for the upcoming game weeks? Yeah, I think uh, I think you've got them all almost. Um, uh, I mean, Saka is excellent value uh, for what he offers, um, and um, I think if if Lacazette is going to remain uh, uh, a staple of that team. He's uh, he's uh, obviously somebody I would be looking at uh, going forward. And uh, defensively, I think you've got the right one in uh, in Tierney. And I think also if if uh, if somebody were to uh, not have the funds for an Arsenal defender, maybe don't want to spend that much. Uh, looks like. Uh, Pablo Mari at 4.4 million uh, could be some a nice enabler. I think he started four of the five last game weeks, and uh, yeah, he looks really good. And uh, I think he's probably going to hold on to that spot. I'm not an Arsenal fan, but it seems uh, uh, he, could, he could well do that. Uh, I'm not sure about Gabriel's fitness. That would be a concern, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, they look really, really good. And a big reason I went went for that triple up was, like I mentioned, over the last six matches, they're second only behind Man City um, mm. for, for XG. And then if we go for open play XG, just to exclude the penalties, they're only behind Leicester and Man City again. Mm. So I mean, they're, they're right up there. Rich, just before we tie this um, headline up, I just actually want to ask Alan, in terms of um, while we're, you know, briefly mentioning City there in the uh, stats that you were just mentioning. If you were wild card in game week 31, what uh, what City players do you, do you plan to keep? Because they're the one they're one team we haven't touched on. Obviously, they've yep. not got amazing fixtures. They blank in uh, in 33. They're obviously still in every tournament uh, cup, sorry, and, uh, and and obviously in the Champions League against Dortmund. So, what's your thinking there at the moment, Alan? Yeah, so um, I have. I had Stones before I sold them this game week. I have Cancelo still. I might keep Cancelo, although I probably, if I would want to keep one City defender, I would probably go for Diaz, just because, yeah, as you say, the, the league is about about wrapped up with them now and they're going to focus on the Champions League. So looks like Diaz will be the most likely one to start each and every game. So you, I probably... Probably will keep him, but at the same time, I'm I'm not sure. But I'm I think I'm starting to see some sort of trend where uh, City are aren't really um, that solid at the back anymore. They've uh, they've stopped keeping as many clean sheets lately. And uh, if you look at minutes per xG, xG conceded the last six six matches, I think they're they used to be clear ahead of everybody else, but they've dropped down to fifth. Uh, 89.4 mm-hmm. minutes per XG conceded, whereas Chelsea are like 
insanely at 220 minutes per XG conceded. And um, yeah, with the with the one less fixture, I would go for maybe one uh, defender and uh, and a midfielder. Um, probably Kevin De Bruyne might go for Mares just as as a punt because if they're going to rotate uh, KDB as much as everybody else, Mares is looking like he has the highest ceiling at the moment. Um, it seems like he is uh, back to that uh, form where uh, he'll score from almost anything. And and as you, I think you've mentioned before on the pod, Josh, uh, he's got that slight build. Uh, which means he could uh, conceivably uh, play more games. Yeah, um, same with Foden and Sterling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going near Sterling though. What about Foden? Yeah, the thing is, if if I was to keep one City player, I'd want to be able to captain them. And uh, uh, with Morris, there's always that that you know big hope of of, of a haul. That he just seems to have in his bag. Uh, you never know again. when he's going to start, though, do you? He's no, probably, no. Out of all of them, he's probably the most unpredictable in terms of when he's going to start. I mean, I, I the reason why I asked it is I think right now it's the it's the most difficult decision on wild card, as in what one what ones do you go for, or actually do you go for any? Do you just go? Do you know what they're blanking thirty three? They've got obviously Borussia Dortmund. They're 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 far and away ahead in, in in terms of winning the league. Do you just go without them and wait until after game week 33, see what's happening in the Champions League, and then potentially reinvest after that? Yeah, I haven't looked at my latest wildcard draft in a while. I'm just picking it up now, right now to remind myself. I don't have any City players in there, but I, I also have Gareth Bale in there, and that's not sustainable. <laughs> so uh, maybe there's room for a City midfielder just yeah. because they're, they're so attacking. And when they have that game week, when they just decide to, to go nuts, you're going to just be in so much pain if you don't own any of them. But yeah, there's said, definitely um, an argument to 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 go without them. Yeah. yeah, as I said recently, Rich, I think Aguero is going to be calling before the end of the season. Oh, that's the heart. That's not the brain. No, it's, defi- it's definitely not the brain. But I think I think you guys with the wild cards have got a bit of an advantage there because you can see how they play against Leicester and have a, have a, and also see what lineup they play against Leicester because obviously that lineup they played against Fulham was you know, heavily, heavily rotated. But then I remember the end of last season, I went up from 150k to 20k just from owning Mares, De Bruyne and Sterling. I mean, Sterling was absolute dynamite. And I, I feel like one of them is going to become, you know, an FPL, you know, player and probably a differential who's just going to shoot you up the ranks. Mm. So I think you've always got to be prepared to try and get one of them in, you know, if, if you you know, you could go without any of them, but I think at a moment's notice, you have to be ready to just go for it and just. Yeah, that's that's why I like the idea of going for both Kane and Vardy. I just made a joke about Kunaguero, but if if we got wind, he was going to start a game, and uh, you could easily get him in in one transfer if you drop one of Kane or Vardy uh, independently like of the other like fixtures. And one hundred percent, right? One hundred percent. Game week thirty-one. At home to Leeds, right? He he doesn't play against Dortmund midweek. They probably wouldn't play against Leicester either, mm-hmm. right? And they play at home to Leeds, and he's looking to rotate. It will be 
all over Twitter. Everyone the only thing thinking of bringing in Aguero and handing him the captaincy at home to Leeds because it's a perfect fixture for it. Yeah. The only thing that's making me a bit sad is that these. Did you see these uh, leaked quotes from Aguero? Uh, he was like uh, from the Athletic or something like that. He was uh, sources close to uh, Aguero saying he he's feeling that they don't pass him and uh, yeah, like he's uh, he's talking about. His just his time at City just fading away, and he's not been offered a contract and stuff like that. It makes me a bit sad. Yeah. Interesting. He might be one to leave in the past, but um, but we'll go for the piss break, and then we'll come back and we'll get through as many questions as we can. And of course, the Iceman's piss break is sponsored by FPL Merch. All right, mate. Oh. Hey. Having a good night? Uh, yeah, fine, thank you. I'm just watching the game. Oh, yeah, me too, me too. Do you like mugs? Um, what, like receptacles? Ah, yeah, like coffee mugs. Yeah, mugs. Do you like them? Uh, I suppose. Well, mate, if you play FPL, there's this guy right on Twitter called FPL Merch who makes mugs exclusively for those belter managers who finish in the top 100,000, right? I'm talking... 10k 50k 100k and i'm drinking out of one right now that i've got from last season because i did so well and i don't drink out of anything else are you interested my friend um no i'm all right thanks mate but if you get a top 100k finish then why not celebrate with an fpl merch top 100k mug mate no offense but you're being the weird guy in the pub toilet only 10 pounds are a brilliant mug to mark your brilliant season seriously don't worry about it. Thank you, but I've got to go back to the second half. Ah, he'll be back. He'll be back. Welcome back, listeners. And we're going to go straight into our questions. So we had a few questions this week, so thank you very much for those. Our first one is from Pinky Green. And he's saying, I want to know what suggestions he had. So, Alan, um, what's, what's this about? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's in reference to um, a tweet he put out. I'm not sure everybody knows this. Uh, Pinky Green is the account formerly known as FPL Pin Green, and the FPL account known as yeah, it's basically a Prince situation right now. Um, he has been suspended a couple of times, three, two, for putting out uh, some tweets that are actually pretty harmless but yeah yeah he's he's been in uh social media jail a couple of times and then he put out a less savory tweet recently and i just replied if you ever needed a a suggestion for your next uh twitter handle i'm here to help and uh yeah i think that's what it's about (laughs) (laughs) i like how you put that a less savory tweet um do you you have any suggestions for his next twitter handle (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, I actually replied to him saying I would uh, give this more thought than the other questions this game week, but that was a lie. <laughs> I haven't had that much time. Um, um, I mean, uh, the original name, Pingreen, is from uh, that Netflix show, uh, Bojack Horseman. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's it's a pretty good show, actually. Uh, funny, but uh, also terribly depressing. Um, <laughs> uh, and the character is is, a, is also a pretty depressing uh, character in there, which is it's a little uh, penguin called Pink Green. So I'm assuming he likes uh, uh, that show. So maybe in that vein, he could be um, FPL Sarah Lynn. Uh, that's a child star that goes into uh, sort of um, the same arc as uh, other child stars have done in the past. Drew Barrymore, uh, which includes uh, you know degradation into uh, alcohol abuse and drug abuse, and then uh, a death from an overdose. Uh, <laughs> so that could be like maybe a reflection on his uh, FPL career. I think he started last year with the 2K OR, and now he's at 100K, and maybe next season he'll just completely crash and burn. He did. And he's, he's one of Surrey's greatest managers. So I, I like that, Alan. Um, we've got a question from last week's guest. So Rami, he's known on Twitter as FPL Big Bear. Uh, what do we do with Salah? Hold for Newcastle in 33, or sell now with a view to immediate returns? Um so what do you think about that, Alan? What would you do with Salah if you, if, you, if you had him at the moment? Yeah, if I had him at the moment, I mean, yeah, Big Bear, he uh, used his wild card in, I think he mentioned game week 28. So uh, he hasn't got the option, as I have, of uh, choosing as much what players he wants to go for. I would think with uh, that Newcastle fixture in mind, um I, I think it's worth keeping him. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, Liverpool, the way their shots are just not going in is, uh, I mean, uh, unprecedented, really. I listened to the Stats Bomb podcast uh, the other day and they were talking about James York, who you had on uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks earlier. He was saying he, he's never seen that amount of shots and no goals. So, I mean, it's not going to last uh, it can last. So, uh, yeah, keep him, captain him, hope for the best. Maybe, uh, I mean, in Game Week 33, uh, if you don't own Salah and, and you move from uh, a blanking Son or a blanking Bale to Salah, I wouldn't hate that. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely see myself keeping him. I think me and you, Alan, we, we've sold Salah, and I think we've been quite, quite lucky uh, that he's not returned at all. Um, I expected some returns, but not this. Um, Same for Bruno, really. I mean, he's only had, I think between the two of them, they've had that one penalty, uh, which which Bruno scored a couple of weeks ago. It's it's been a very barren run. Um, I mean, Josh, what do you think? If you had Salah, um, you do have Salah, actually, don't you? I do. I kept him in one of the... um... One of the only things about three of us left in the game that have got him still. I'm guessing that was on purpose. It was indeed, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think he's a standout captain for game week 32 and 33, actually. Um, so um, I think it's just, for me, again, it was just flexibility of wildcard in that I don't know when I'm going to wildcard. I wanted to leave it flexible and therefore I kept him because... They've got some nice fixtures coming up, so just leave him in, really. Um, didn't need to sell him ahead of game week 29. So, yeah, in, in my opinion, I'd, I'd hold definitely um, now you're also through him blanking. Uh, you, now you're on the other side, just stick with him. Yeah, 
Awesome. And we've got one final question from Ryan. So Ryan said, is it normal if I already feel tired of owning the Arsenal assets after only one game week or is this too reactionary? Um, so, I mean, obviously myself, I've got I've got three Arsenal assets and I did it more because I don't have wildcard. I did it more for the long term. So I'm happy. Tini and Saka, I'm happy with. I think they're going to do me the distance now. Like I'm going to keep those two till the end of the season. At their price as well, they're very easy to bench. Like, I'm going to bench them both this week against Liverpool. Aubameyang's the one. He's a bit of a bit of a headache now. Like, I kind of like him. And a bit like Salah, after this week, when they face off against each other, so obviously we're Arsenal-Liverpool this week, um, not only do, do Liverpool have an easy fixture, but Arsenal plays Sheffield United. So uh, I'm very torn with Aubameyang, and I may well keep him. Uh, for that Sheffield United game. But at the same time, I could probably make good arguments for, for selling him as well. Now, obviously, Alan, you, you've got a Bamiyang as well. Um, but your circumstances are a little different. I mean, what do you think you might do with, with the Bamiyang? Yeah, it's uh, this coming game week. I've uh, got my mind on a one-game week punt. Uh, Bamiyang at home to Liverpool is one of the guys I'm looking at maybe giving making room. And uh, the other is, of course, Bale, who I don't know the situation with. Um, yeah, if you still have your wild card and you're, you're thinking about a, uh, and you're thinking about um, dropping him temporarily, uh, I think yeah, you could do that. But in the long term, their fixtures are so good, and mm-hmm. they are at least uh, uh, top half side according to the stats. And as you said, they, they've looked better these past couple of weeks I think we, we uh, there's room for patience still even though we're nearing the end of the season I think there's room for patience we, re- we usually tend to read a bit too much into individual games so I think there's definitely room for patience there no I agree and I mean like I said earlier when they played in Europe Aubameyang I know he didn't score but he had next year of 1.7 so it shows the opportunities there and if Craig Dawson hadn't thrown him thrown his way in front of the ball Aubameyang probably scores at the weekend um so yeah I'm happy with them and they've they've got great fixtures um but we got some feedback this week um from friend of the show Bitter and Stout so that's Mike Jeske he says very enjoyable pod Rami as a guest was a brilliant move Cresswell hashtag FTW hashtag up the pod and I mean Rami we should actually give a shout out to him because obviously he was on last week and I think his well I should have should have checked this but his free hit got 70 I want to say 72 it was over 70 points um so he absolutely smashed it so you know I'm very very pleased for him and a partner chat obviously Mikhail Tak Mikhail Tokram's algorithm you can find that at patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm we Obviously, with a two-week international break, we we don't have uh, the Iceman's team information yet. But Mikko Tokram's algorithm is absolutely smashing it. So go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub. So you can look up your own statistics. And I've been given the exclusive sign-up offer. It's Surgery15 in capital letters. So just go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk. If you sign up there, you can get 15% off using that sign-up offer, Surgery15. And we are partnered with FPL Doodles. So that's at FPL Doodles one on Twitter. And he does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. And now we're on to our trap tins. Um, so, Alan, if we start with you, obviously you mentioned this is your final week before the big wild card. 
Um, so who are you going to transfer and who's going to be your captain? Yeah, so like I mentioned, it's going to be Aubameyang or Bale making room um, to a one-game weak punt in the midfield. And uh, I'm probably going to captain a lead player playing Sheffield United who look like they've given up on the season now with Wilder leaving. And um, yeah, it's going to be probably Bamford, maybe Rafinha. Who are you thinking is your one-game weak punt then at the moment, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I'm already triple up on Tottenham. We've got a great fixture. I'm already triple up on uh, uh, Leeds. have got a good fixture. So, and there's not really any midfielders at Everton that I'm interested in. Uh, they're playing Crystal Palace, who are probably going to be a, a easier opposition for them. So, most likely, I would be um, looking at who is most likely going to play for Chelsea facing West Brom, or if we get a super clear confirmation on Jack Grealish, I might go for Jack Grealish. Oh, wow. When when you say super clear, you mean Tim Smith saying he's going to start? <laughs> yeah, because this, it's been it's been so annoying lately, hasn't it? It's like, yeah, Jack is almost there. He's important for us. I mean, uh, yeah, it's... it's I, I, I don't really trust Dean Smith anymore since that whole uh, leak affair with that Twitter account. Um, he's one of, become one of the least trustworthy managers, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> he's up there with Pep. He's up there with Pep. Um, um, did you say you're captain? Sorry, sorry, Alan. Yeah, I think probably uh, Bamford. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. I thought you were going to say someone else. I thought there was a standout captain that you might say, but no, I actually like that. Especially Are you like you like Harry Kane, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's who I, that's who I assumed you were going to say. So yeah, I, I, just, I shouldn't assume. I, just, um, I like you know imagining a scenario in which both teams are going to try and go for it. So um, I mean, um, or at least. One of the teams is going to try and go for it. <laughs> so, that'll uh, be Leeds. Yeah, yeah that'll be Leeds. Yeah, yeah no, that worries me as a as a non-Bamford owner. Um, Josh, what, what are you thinking for this week? So, team's looking strong. So much that Ailing is even on the bench at home to Sheffield United. Um, so, couldn't even, couldn't even squeeze him in at the moment. Um, so I think, you know, I'm sure there'll be some injuries um, from the international break and some issues to, to, to worry about. Um, so at the moment, transfer wise, I could I could roll. And then at least in 31, that gives me the option of, right, do I use these two transfers or do I wildcard? Um, so uh, if I, for some reason, you know, some double game, it's get confirmed or whatever. And then I go, right definitely 31's the wild card then obviously I'd go for a one week punt which right now I haven't got a clue where I'd look um, and um, so yeah captain wise Harry Kane away to Newcastle I think is looking uh, the strongest option for me nice and I mean my one I mean I'm I'm very glad I, so I kind of I guess with my transfers last week I kind of tried to ignore the blank a little bit um, as probably probably showed with my score, but I've got Luca Dean and Calvert Lewin still there for that Palace at home game, so I am, you know, I'm pretty pleased with that. Uh, there's so many routes I can go down, and I really couldn't give an answer to my transfer question. I mean, Cancelo, I'm he's my last Man City player standing, 
And I mean, he could be a move. You know, I could move him to a Chelsea player. Um, Lookman's probably a weak link in my team, even though he's got Villa away and, and he's putting up amazing numbers. I just don't feel confident in him, despite the you know the incredible stats behind him. So he could move on. I'm very happy with my front line though of Kane, Vardy, Calvert Lewin. My original plan when I did KDB to Aubameyang was to then reverse the transfer. I just I just don't know about reversing that transfer now. I don't know if KDB is going to play against Leicester. And uh, I don't hate Aubameyang against Liverpool at the moment. And then after that, he's got Sheffield United. So with the rank as bad as mine, it's actually quite a nice differential to have. So I can't give an answer on the transfer, but I'm probably almost certainly going to captain Harry Kane. And we move on now to our differential picks. So, Alan. Yeah, for this game week alone, I think um, you've either got to target Newcastle or Sheffield United, in my opinion. Sheffield United look deflated and Newcastle look terrible. So I'm going to go for uh, Lucas Moura. Uh, I think he's looked excellent the last couple of game weeks and uh, he seems to be uh, in the team now, and which he hasn't always been. And he's got the goals in him. He's, he he will uh, he will get a couple more before the season's over, I think. Is he? Well, you you sounded a little sad that you already tripled up on Tottenham. Is he the reason why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, we we have a doubles team in the Slack channel. I've been telling my partner we should get Harry, Gareth Bale forever, and we didn't get him, and he had these double-digit holes. And uh, then I get him in my own team for the black game week, and he just doesn't show up. He's just maybe being punished by Mourinho or anything, or something like that. Some sort of mind games. I don't know. The situation is strange to me. And at the same time, Lucas Moura is doing exactly what Mourinho wants. Uh, he's pressing. He's all over the place. He's getting into the box now. I wish I had uh, Lucas Moura instead, but it feels a bit sideways when I have Gareth Bale in my team. Yeah, no, I can understand that. And Moura's always a... I don't know. He's a strange player because he, obviously he's got hat-tricks before in his career, but also he's had these periods of time where he's just been completely anonymous for months and months on end. Um, yeah, yeah, it's de- it's definitely a, a short-term punt, I think. I mean, um, he, has he ever showed any consistency? That's my main concern about going for him long-term. Yeah. So. No, I like that as a as a short-term punt <laughs> with a way to, to get rid of him as well. Um, what, what are you thinking, Josh, for your, for your differential pick for this week? I've gone for Marcus Alonso. Um, just because at home to West Brom, really attractive fixture, could get returns at both ends of the pitch. He was rested in the FA Cup. Um, He's not going away on international duty when Chilwell obviously played in the FA Cup and is going away on international duty. So everything points towards him starting in that West Brom game. I do think that he's still fractionally Tuchel's preferred uh, left back or left wing back, depending on what formation he he plays. Um, And since Tuchel took over, so some teams have played 12 games um, in in, in the Premier League during that period. Um, Now, in that period, Alonso started six. And in six games, he's still, amongst all defenders, he's still second for uh, for goal attempts uh, just behind Cancelo he's uh, he's joint top for shots in the box 
Um, he's second for shots on target and he's second for penalty area touches. And he's obviously played half the games of some uh, defenders. And most defenders have played 10 or 11 games and he's obviously only played six. So his stats are phenomenal. Um, and if it's a punt for one week, he's just, you know, he's a great nostalgia pick as well with how well he's done over, uh, you know, recent years in terms of FPL. Yeah, no, I've got some great memories with him. I remember captain him for a brace. And there's also, I remember this game against Bournemouth, I think it was last year. His heat map was like ridiculous. Uh, it, it looked like he was playing striker. Um, so I can never disagree with Marcus Alonso. It's just whether he plays or not. Um, my one, I've gone for Nathan Redmond um, at 0.2% owned at home to Burnley. And I guess if you're looking more long term as well, I know this is just a one week punt, but Southampton have got two double game weeks um, or two fixtures to be rearranged into double game weeks. Um, he, I, wa- I watched quite a lot of, I was quite bored this weekend. I watched quite a lot of the, the FA Cup games and his performance against Bournemouth. I mean, he was incredible. He got two goals and an assist. Um, so Nathan Redmond at 0.2%. He's not played every game. And I guess Danny Ings might be looming, but yeah, I, I like that a lot. So please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is 439HW9. That code again, 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. The Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and remember to rate the podcast five stars. Or you can email the Iceman, Podcast at gmail.com. Alan, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And it was really nice to actually have you on an episode and not just some like pre-recorded segment. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It's been, it's been loads of fun. Uh, I hope I, uh, I made some sense today. And uh, yeah, like I said, it feels like I've uh, won a competition or something. But <laughs> <laughs> glad to be on. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for all the uh, stats and injury stuff that you've uh, brought us at the start of uh, the pod over the season so far. Yeah, and you know, I was really happy. Uh, I got them all right, I think, you know, with, with Son and Saka and, uh, and Bamford. So I was happy about that one. Obviously, on the Slack channel, you always, you always used to put your injury updates and they were always, you know, bot on. So that's why we wanted to make it a segment on the show. It's just almost a shame there's not been enough injuries this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also we're recording on the Monday usually and you guys are recording on the Monday usually and there's so much information popping up during the week and it's like, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's need, you need to be up to date with that sort of stuff. Yeah, but there is invaluable inf- information and where can people find you on, on social media? Yeah, if they ever want to find me, I'm on FBL underscore diagnosis on twitter nice so everyone give give alan a follow thank you alan and i i'm assuming you're going to continue doing the injury updates the stats updates for the rest of the season yeah yeah definitely nice nice okay um well that's the end of the podcast so josh you've just got one more thing to say up the pod up the pod up the pod, up the pod.